If you're on the Corporate Coven newsletter, you already know the answer to this question. What's the most productive day in January? January 18th, of course. This is the best day for work this month. But before we talk about the astrology, I need you to make me a promise. I need you to promise me that this year, you're going to make an active effort to redefine the following words. Work. Labor. Professional. Career. Because when I tell you about the best day to work, you will need to erase the canned image of someone sitting in a cubicle, sitting in front of a computer or behind a counter. In 2024, healing is our work. Creativity is our work. Homemaking is our work. Tending to our physical needs is our work. Cultivating more resources is our work. And yes, your day job, side hustle, and maintaining your business this is also work, but it's so much more than that. So the best day for work, whatever that means for you, in my opinion, is definitely January 18th. And let me tell you why. On the 18th, we see an exalted moon in Taurus, conjunct Jupiter, forming a trine with Mercury as well. Mercury is nearly out of its shadow from the retrograde cycle and will move forward in a more direct and sincere manner with all of the wisdom gained through the retrograde process. Of course, Mars is also exalted in Capricorn and while in Capricorn, gifting everyone his focus, grit, and determination. This all occurs while the sun is one degree away from Pluto in Capricorn. So this is the time. This is the time when we reconsider what it means for us to work. What it means for us to labor. What it means for us to be professional. And what our desired career is. Mercury, Jupiter, and the moon will be forming a sextile to Saturn and Pisces. So while this is definitely emphasizing the earth priorities being health and your wealth and i've discussed this before on the podcast and in blogs and in readings i've done with saturn and pisces this is encouraging you to align those earthly efforts towards your health your wealth maintaining your physical existence And making sure that it's aligned with your spiritual and emotional well-being and desires as well. This is the time to build structures which are holistic and support more of a balanced approach to your career and to your work. What's up, witches? Welcome to Staff Meeting at the Corporate Coven, the podcast for witches at work. I'm your host, Jessica Munson, sometimes referred to as that witch from work. I'm pleased to bring you this weekly episode of the podcast where we check in with a reflective question inspired by current astrological weather. We make magic with daily lunar activities and we take a closer look at the major aspects happening each day. A few folks have left comments on the episodes expressing that they miss the day by day forecast. And to be honest, I kind of miss it too. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was really excited about giving you a lot more depth to the major transits and trying to balance the episode and therefore taking away some of like the day by day because major aspects and transits don't happen every day. But I found myself missing it as well, not only from just like the, the nature of doing that every week for over a year and just having that kind of like muscle memory, but I noticed that as I was going throughout the week, I was also a little bit less aware of like, wait a minute, where's the moon right now? And so I like that. I love working with the moon on a more regular basis. My business is a cancer rising. And so the moon is a critical part of working in my business. And so I'm bringing it back. I'm going to continue honoring that. But I will be prioritizing a balance between the daily activities with giving more depth on the major transits or aspects, because I'm also seeking a bit more depth in these interpretations and sharing that with you. So that being said, Remember, if you're looking for premium access to workplace witchery and cosmic career advice, you can sign up for the Corporate Coven subscription where I share even more resources and tools, including having the opportunity to get your chart read by me on the podcast. When you sign up, make sure that you select the box that gives me permission to contact you. This is the way I'm going to be reaching out to get your chart information. So as you're listening to these episodes and you're desiring a little bit more, you want to hear a little bit more about this perspective from a corporate witch and vocational astrologer, then sign up for the premium subscription experience with the corporate coven. All right, let's get into the episode, shall we? I, I need to take a deep cleansing breath and I'm going to invite you to do this with me. So really quickly, we'll go in through the nose and then out through the mouth. So on the count of three, we'll breathe in deeply through our nose. One, two, three. Into the belly. And let it go. It feels so good to be able to breathe out of both of my nostrils. <laughs> It's, it's simple pleasures in life that we take for granted when we are well and we do have good health. It's only when we're sick and we've been congested since the beginning of December 2023 that it feels really, really good to just have a moment and breathe deeply through both nostrils. Although I am still like just a tiny bit congested, but it's in other areas, not my nose. So I'm feeling really good about that. Let's check in, shall we? The question I want to pose to you this week for your own reflection is what is transforming? It might be helpful to even close your eyes a little bit and take a few more of those deep cleansing breaths through your nose and out your mouth and ask yourself that question. What is transforming in your life? The big noise this week is Pluto moving back into Aquarius. Think back to around March 22nd and 23rd until about June 11th, 2023, last year. This is when Pluto first dipped his toes into the fixed air sign before returning to Capricorn. Quick call out for any of my new listeners. You might have heard me just assign a gender to a planet. 
I do not stick to strict uh, gender expressions for the planets. You'll hear me use he, she, and it really means nothing. So if you're hearing that and that language doesn't resonate with you, I would invite you to remain in this space of not gendering the planets. I personify them. It makes it easier for me to interpret and to speak to it. And the gender assignment is really not important. Moving into the fixed air sign before returning into Capricorn last year. And so something that I wanted to do was look back at major events. I just did a quick scan of top news stories or world events that happened during this window of time. And really, I prioritized being closer to the March 22nd, 23rd, not all the way through June 11th, because I wanted it to be close right at that zero degree in the initial ingress into Aquarius. And I cherry picked, but you know, not all news is newsworthy, but I did cherry pick some of the major headlines that really stood out to me. Here are a few that you might remember. During this time, we saw TikTok's CEO questioned for over four hours by a U.S. congressional hearing over its Chinese security risks. And I watched a few clips from that on TikTok. Um, that was a really interesting time. Utah, my home state, and this was like national, like this was big news uh, because of where I live, but this happened on like a broad scale. Utah, where I live, became the first state to limit social media for minors, including an overnight curfew and parental consents. It's interesting to me because at this time that I'm recording this episode, and again, we are right up close to Pluto going back at that zero degree Aquarius, a really good friend of mine is having an experience with her minor having some issues with a student at school creating a fake TikTok account on behalf of her child. And it's a bullying situation and they're going to the school and talking about, you know, not having access to even create a TikTok and how this is like a problem for minors and like all these things happening. And so it's interesting that this is coming up and more most directly in her consciousness, but I'm hearing about it again when we're at this point with Pluto about to transition back into Aquarius. Some other big news stories. South Africa launched a central biobank network. And this is really cool. If you haven't heard of this yet, it would be worthwhile to look into. So this is an effort to conserve and manage biodiversity samples. So there's like seeds, animal tissues, and microbes. And it's all about biotechnology in the age of Aquarius. There was a lot of news about these massive tornadoes such as like the there was this really rare long track tornado that traveled, I think it was like 170 miles in the US. And that is really like some fixed air of Aquarius, right? On March 27th, Germany experienced one of its largest strikes in decades, and it completely halted their public transportation system. Around that time, the Israeli prime minister announced the pause on plans to overhaul the justice system after massive protests and the country's largest trade union went on strike. I'm not a political astrologer. You've heard me say this before, so I'm not going to comment anymore um, about Israel. But again, it's interesting. And there's a lot of other astrologers who are talking about this issue. Um, I'm not going to spend time on it 
on this podcast episode, but if you want recommendations on astrologers who are talking about Israel right now and the astrology of it, let me know because I have some recommendations on folks that I'm following and that I'm getting some of my education through. On March 30th, Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak signed an open letter warning about the race to develop AI and asked for a six-month suspension. It's interesting reflecting back and listening to or thinking about when I was listening to episodes about the astrology of Pluto moving into Aquarius. And this was years ago, years and years ago, and talking about the race to AI. And at the time, it seemed like not so futuristic. I mean, we had seen elements of it and, you know, we'd already started like chat GPT V1 had already come out, you know, but we really quickly adopted this pretty immediately. I know in a previous episode, I shared that my employer already has an AI policy out. Um, it's used pretty regularly in workplaces now, and it's already starting to make its way into the workplace, which is again, this sign that we need to continue redefining what work and labor and what it means to create value in organizations and how we build our careers because the technology is going to just continue developing at rapid paces. There was a few news stories about immigration as well that I thought was worthwhile to kind of bring to the forefront. Um, This was published on the 23rd of March that Canada had record population growth throughout 2022, but it was published in um, the 2023 timeframe. And that's what we care about is like, we, we care about when it happened, but we also care when did it come into the consciousness of the broader population. And it was saying that this record population growth was mostly through immigration. And then around that same time, there was another story about immigration. Uh, there was an immigration center on the U.S. and Mexico border. There was a fire that had some fatalities and a lot of injuries as well. So, Again, I cherry picked a little bit, but I was thinking, you know, it's Aquarius. So it's about the broader collective. It's about the cosmic family we're a part of. It's about sharing ideas and information on mass scales and rapidly. It's about how technology can accelerate development and also how that can be harmful when we don't have built-in barriers and structures to ensure equity and safety for people. It's also about how we organize and what boundaries and borders actually look like and what can come of people coming together and protesting and demanding a rebellion or demanding an innovation, demanding a reconsideration of the rules, statutes, borders, and boundaries that have separated us in the past. And so this will all be coming to light again. These themes happen on a collective level, but you'll definitely be feeling this Plutonian shift back into Aquarius in your own personal life as well. So find Aquarius in your chart and say a quick prayer for any other fixed placements in your chart at zero degrees. (laughs) Pluto will station retrograde in early May this year before stationing direct in October. And we can expect some of these themes to continue dominating the news as well as our lives. 2024 is going to be a revisitation of these things we experienced from the, you know, almost end of May to the middle of June. 
about the middle of June. And we just spend almost all year rethinking, reconsidering, retrying, innovating again, wondering, do we tear it down entirely and rebuild? Or where do we just prioritize to reinforce or rehabilitate existing structures? So let's talk about the major transits. Like I said, Pluto moving into Aquarius is the big one. But this week, we also see the sun moving into Aquarius. And Pluto and the sun will actually have kind of like two conjunctions in a really short period of time um, in Capricorn and then kind of in Aquarius again. And I'll speak to the nuance in that later on in the episode. But I think it's an interesting call out. Something else that I wanted to name that I don't know if I spent enough time on last week or if I even mentioned it last week, but Mercury has officially moved back into the sign of... Capricorn. This happened on um, the 13th of January. So here we are reading out for the 14th. I'm like having to check myself. I'm like, what year is it? What day is it? So on the 14th, when we wake up, we definitely have that Mercury in Capricorn. Again, this is direct. Talked about this in the snippet I shared at the beginning of the episode about how Mercury in Capricorn is just a lot more sincere and a bit more focused, though Mercury is still in the shadow period until about Wednesday, Thursday this week. So let's talk quickly about phase management. Let's talk about kind of like that daily moon. And we're just going to kind of seamlessly transition from phase management into more of a daily forecast. So this is, again, we're going to try this structure and I'm going to be really fluid with it. I'm going to give myself permission to just be really fluid and talk about what feels really meaningful on each of the days. And it may not be focused centrally around the moon, but of course the moon as a luminary is going to be coming through, moving quickly and adding a little bit more like oomph or a little bit more light and a little bit more energy or awareness to some of these other placements in the chart that it's journeying through. Something that I potentially could have given more time to in last week's episode as well is that we saw the moon move out of this fixed to fixed schedule. I've been sharing this idea of like, what's the consciousness of the weekend? How do we begin and end our week? And when it's been fixed to fixed, we've been really focused on like, is this the right schedule? Is this the right process? Um, how do I continue this? You know, what were the things that I thought about and that I started during the cardinal to cardinal weekends? And now how do I just like keep it going? And this week, we see actually beginning the moon in a mutable sign. So we're moving back into this mutable consciousness. The week begins with the moon in Pisces and it will move through Pisces. It's going to have conversations with Saturn, Neptune. When it moves into Aries, we're going to be looking at that, you know, Chiron North node alignment will be exalted in Taurus and we'll see Jupiter and Uranus, and there's a whole lot of other things happening in Earth signs. So the moon's going to be activating that area as well. And then the moon ends the week in Gemini. And so moving from Pisces and then into Aries, Taurus, Gemini, this is the moon being renewed in that cycle. The Pisces to Aries part of the chart is the serpent eating the tail, where it's an ending and a beginning. It's both a chapter open and a chapter close. Um, it's the continual cycle and it's the renewal and the rebirth into something, right? For the lunar phases, 
we get that budding light of a crescent moon and then we'll move more into that first quarter lunar phase. So this is really about amping up, generating momentum. It's maybe a bit more mm, like shy and curious before becoming very bold and feeling very bold moving forward as well. And I I want to I want to bold and underline and emphasize the word bold because when we see after that first quarter lunar phase coming in, this is where we start getting that exalted moon that will be amplified by that Jupiter aspect. And so you might notice momentum picking up this week, right? We talked about this with like this being a really good week for work, for labor, for um, you know, trying to start building an idea and a foundation for where we want our life to take us, where we want our career to take us and what resources we need to get us there. And you have the energy to go out and have these conversations or start, you know, accumulating the resources or taking inventory of these things. You're really starting to amp up and start generating some good momentum this week. On a recent Instagram post, I invited some of my followers on Instagram to use predictive text to complete the phrase, what will 2020 or no, it was in 2024, my career will be filled with. And then you use predictive text to fill in the rest of it. And so many people had these awesome, really inspiring, really exciting, you know, filled with things that I love and, and people who are incredible and healing and, you know, things to to process a lot to do. And there were some other ones that were maybe like a little less exciting. Um, thinking about Ariana, was this yours? Uh, I think it was, I think it was, but it was like, you know, it'll be the same as like the rest of the days. <laughs> First I was like, is it like a rest day or it's just going to be like every day's the same, like a groundhog's day experience, which is really timely for this time of year. Right? So whatever you hope 2024 will be filled with for your career. This is an awesome week to start figuring that out. We're following up from the new moon in Capricorn, but now is the time to really like build a plan around it and to give it some structure, right? So besides the amazing astrology of the 18th, let's talk about what else is happening throughout the rest of the week. On Sunday, March, on Sunday, January 14th, we see the moon in Pisces conjunct Saturn. It's also getting a sextile to Mercury, Jupiter, and Mars, because Mars is at seven degrees right now. So it's still like pretty close to that um, like five degree orb of being in this relationship. And actually, um, around 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, we see the moon forming a sextile exactly to Mars, being both at like seven degrees respectively. The moon Saturn aspects can feel really isolating, depressing, kind of low energy. You might need to find some time to be in your feels. You know what I mean? Like find some creative outlets to self-express that depth of emotion that you've been feeling. And it's probably around some of the stress and the pressure, some of the duty or responsibility that you feel about the Piscean things in your chart that Saturn has been like applying that pressure to. And this has been really difficult for some of us. For other people, they may not be feeling this transit the most in particular because there's actually a lot going on in the chart. So it depends on your chart and your own personal placements. But I know like people having their Saturn return right now, that's going to be something that you're experiencing. There's definitely going to be a lot of pressure for you. And so I want to remind you about an episode I recorded and released 
last year was celebrating my 100th episode of the podcast. Um, and that is Saturn and Pisces, no dead mermaids. So especially when we have these moon conjunct Saturn transits, or if you're feeling especially like Saturnian and you want to like understand kind of what you're moving through, if you're having that exhaustion from swimming too much, that's a good episode to go back and revisit and re-listen to. So again, find creative ways to release, like to give yourself that outlet, that outpouring of that built up water. Venus on this day also forms a trine to the North Node. And so this is a good day to share with your partners as their values will align with your desires. On Monday, we have Pisces conjunct Neptune forming a sextile to Uranus, a square to Venus, a sextile to Pluto. We have that crescent moon lunar phase. And this is like a busy push into the light again. And I say busy and you can hear it, right? Like this is again where I've said before, you don't have to be an expert um, in all of these things. Just to name all of the different aspects. And if you're looking at a chart, if you have an app or if you have a habit of going to like astro.com every day and looking at the chart of the day or something like that, then just seeing all of the busy lines in the center of the astrology circle uh, or the natal wheel, then you can see that it's very busy. You can see there's a lot going on, right? The more blue you see, the more harmonious and supportive or facilitative. Um, you might say, I actually got that language from Diana Rose Harper, who's fantastic. So go follow and find Diana. Um, the more red, the more challenging, the more difficult, the more tense it's going to be. But remember, these are usually really good days for innovation, for working through the struggle, for looking for the learning in the challenge, right? So busy day, busy time coming forward and, and trying to accomplish some of this. Do you remember last year when we had a series of Mondays? It was like Monday after Monday for weeks, it felt like, with Neptune aspects. And this is when we were in the part of the year where we saw the weekends or like the weeks beginning and ending with mutable moons. And so we often saw that continued into a Monday morning where there was a conjunction, an opposition, or a square of some time, uh, some kind. There was always like this Neptunian experience. And it always caused these like really murky, confusing mornings where you kind of just had to go with the flow. And I never really enjoyed that. I never really enjoyed that, to be honest with you. So it's nice that this Monday, for many of us, we will have the day off of work to observe Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we'll have like a longer weekend, and that could create more of that nebulous type experience of the week of like, oh, it's like Monday, but it feels like a weekend, so then when we start on Tuesday, it's going to feel like a Monday, and, and it kind of creates some of that like, what's happening this week. The sextile to Uranus could force you to be creative with your resources, but it could cause tension in some of your working relationships. So it's a good time to bring your leader into the conversation, even if it's just a status update, because the work is starting to ramp up. I'm thinking about how Monday is, you know, for it, in my organization, not everyone has Monday off. We have sales teams, we have monitoring teams, like customer support teams. Like we have people whose work um, is meant to serve 
kind of all of the time because it's a security, it's like a safety thing. And so, you know, people who work in essential industries, they don't, they don't get these like corporate holidays. So it's one of those days where some people, you know, might be working and they really do need to go like directly to their leader. For others, it could be, you need to check in with like an authority figure in your life. Like go talk to a parent, go talk to a grandparent, go talk to the head of an HOA. Like you might just be having these conversations with some type of like leader in your life, or you might be the person that everyone is going to. So it's going to be one of those weird Mondays where you're like, I'm working, but I'm not working. It kind of like feels like a weekend, but it kind of feels like a work day. I know I've already communicated with some of my coworkers about how Monday, because of the dynamic of our organization, some of us kind of like will be working. So it's like we have it off, but I'm available if like you need something from me really quickly. And that's that type of like Neptunian experience. But again, like the work is ramping up. And I was thinking about this last night, um, you know, just about the idea of work. And again, if we're, if we're going to redefine what it means to work, if we're going to redefine what it means to labor and we're going to break out of the outdated and the, I want to say like old school style of thinking where work is a 40 hour work week between a and five. And, you know, we built that around like manufacturing plants and, you know, we don't, we don't live in that consciousness anymore, but our work styles and preferences and systems still reflect that. But we as individuals have already moved into a new consciousness. We've already moved into a belief that we need balance, that we need a holistic life, that we need more, again, of an ecosystem of work and labor and ways to generate value and and income and, and things of this nature. But it needs to be more harmonious. It needs to flow more. We need to be more creative with the way that we do this. And so last night I was thinking, you know, folks who resonate probably the most with me, I'm not going to say with my work because I do try to be intentional about curating resources and information, which would fit people across different industries and places of their career and management levels and, you know, work preferences and styles and all of that. But if you vibe with like me personally, then you might also be one of those people who feels like, man, I want to work when I'm inspired to work. And when I'm inspired to work, I want to work my ass off. I want to work straight. I want to hyper fixate on it. I want to focus on it. I want to get in and I want to solve complicated problems. And and it's okay that I'm working more than eight hours in a day. And it's okay that you're like, you know, calling me even though it's a weekend because I'm so invested in the work. But that also means that when I'm not motivated and I'm not inspired or, you know, there's not like a deadline of coming and pushing at me that I want the freedom to do other things. I want to be able to like rest. I want to be able to just kind of go into like maintenance mode where I'm doing, you know, the motions and I'm doing like the emails, but maybe I have like a little bit more downtime or a little bit more rest time, but I want to come back to a cycle of like working my ass off again. Like I, I, I want that like freedom to um, invest my passion and my energy when it calls for it and also the autonomy to say it doesn't call for it right now and I don't have anything to give to it. So this is what output looks like rather than the belief that you're doing the exact same productivity. You're doing the exact same going through the motions. That's a, that's a fixed consciousness, right? Which we can talk about the nuance of that in personal readings. If you're curious about what your chart demands or what your preferred working styles are um, and kind of where that comes from, this is also a cool strengths conversation of like, what are your 
strengths and where are those gifted from your chart and how does that influence and support your career endeavors. These are all things that I offer my clients in vocational astrology readings. But, you know, I don't mind working on like a holiday. I don't mind doing these things because I'm working on work that's so exciting to me right now. But if you're not inspired by your work or if you don't have a project like that right now, then you're going to be really annoyed that people might be reaching out to you on a Monday, right? So we're all going to have our own experience. But again, I'm just speaking to like the nebulousness of a moon Neptune relationship. And we've got one of those, which could be difficult because of the energy and that shy tentative nature of light returning in a crescent lunar phase, Um, especially in Pisces. It's like a a little like the mermaid who's not yet ready to walk on the shore because she wants to sit in the shallows. <laughs> you know, the tail is gone. She's got her legs or their legs um, and not quite ready to walk onto the shore. That will actually happen on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, when some of us are back to the office formally, you're like we're really back to work, we open up with an Aries moon. And an Aries moon for me is always exciting. Longtime listeners know I have my natal moon in Aries. My business has its natal moon in the sign of Aries as well. And there's something just so energizing and exciting and activating about an Aries moon. However, with this one in particular, those first, that first decan of the cardinal signs are going to be squaring the moon. And so we see a square between Mercury and Mars. This square is tension, right? I've referred to this episode a lot, but just for any new listeners that haven't checked it out already, I have an episode talking about how squares and oppositions, often referred to as hard aspects, how that can manifest in the workplace. And I use the cardinal signs as an example. So anytime that this comes up, Um, I'm going to just refer back to that podcast because it's really helpful in understanding how this tension point might be expressed or manifested in the workplace and also how to work through it. You know, as an HR professional, this is something that I am continually developing expertise in, and that is how to navigate and consciously engage in conflict in the workplace. You don't want to squash it out entirely because that conflict can result in a better product, a better solution, a better offering, and a better experience, so long as you can navigate it with, you know, good intentions and, you know, other frameworks and methodologies that, you know, in IO Psych, we get really excited about. So there's going to be attention point. There's going to be um, agitation, annoyance, just like general tension in the workplace. So it's important to stay focused on the why behind your work and ensure that your strategies and goals are aligned to that. Any tension is an effort towards that alignment. And so with an Aries moon, the moon being expressive and more emotive, you might feel a bit more rash or reactive potentially. But again, it's this desire to communicate of like, hey, I want this to make sense. Mars, I want you to align your energy in the right direction. And Mercury, you need to be saying the right things that match this intention. And so the Aries moon might come forward with like, you know, this frustration, but it's really in an effort 
towards making sure that the strategy is good. On Wednesday, we see the moon conjunct the north node, forming a trine to Venus and a square to Pluto. And this is also where we get that first quarter moon. So the moon conjunct the north node. It's one of those faded days. And we say this because the north node is representative of what we are reaching towards. You know, this, this visualization of the moon having two hands, you know, the north node and the south node, these two hands. And the north node is the hand that's reaching towards something, looking to hold on to something that's coming in. And on the south node, it's a release point. It's a letting go. It's the hand that's relaxing to let go of whatever paradigm, belief, practice, relationship, whatever that is, you're letting it go. So you can step into the north node. And I want to name quickly that one is not inherently better than the other. This is, again, the nuance that we dance with as astrologers or as anyone who works in the spiritual realm, realm is recognizing that there is more than just black and white, good and evil, uh, better, worse, malefic, benefic. Like There's so much nuance to the interpretation, and really, it's the entire experience that is so valuable. There's medicine in the contrast, and there's ease of learning in the contrast, and I know that I've been emphasizing these monthly meetups with the North Node, but that's not to diminish the importance of the moon conjunct the South Node or aspecting the South Node. What you're hearing with my bias of discussing the North Node more is really just my preference for the zodiac sign of Aries because I have a natal placement there and because, you know, my little sister is an Aries, like there's a lot of like Aries energy in my life. So you just feel that preference. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of Libra as well, but I'm just like less familiar with it on a personal level. I don't have anything in Libra in my chart, but I want to just name that, that, you know, this is one of those days where we see the moon conjunct the North node and I'm calling it, you know, it's a faded day. It's the big picture. It's what you're reaching towards. But um, it's also worthwhile to pay attention to when the moon transits the south node as well. So I just wanted to name that. On this day with the trine to Venus, there really is just more harmony in your working relations. Perhaps the team is finally starting to see the vision and the big picture. You're ready to take some action this first quarter moon. You know, Again, in my day job, a lot of what I get, well, I do so many things. I'm in this really fun position where the work that I do is so dynamic and it's all about improvement and helping, you know, an organization. But there's so much like variety in the work that I'm doing right now. But one thing in particular that we love to do and that I get to support is work around high performing teams. Um, we come in, my team, as experts in collaboration, employee experience, adult learning, uh, and all of these things, we come in and we get to help teams come together and move through high-performing teamwork. And this is one of those days where one of the teams that we work with is going through this process. And this is such an awesome time for that type of activity. You're, again, aligning the effort with the vision, you're getting relationships in order, and you're looking forward towards 
you know, that North Node thing. How do we want to be leaders? How do we want to come in and move confidently through an organization? And again, we're ready to take action because of the first quarter moon lunar phase that we're moving through. This is really about the, um, you know, in the crescent phase, we were like, oh, like, I, th- I think I want to do this. I'm going to start experimenting with it. I kind of want to try it. And then in the first quarter moon is like, okay, we take action now. We're moving forward. And the first quarter moon is a square. It's a natural square between the luminaries. And so again, this is a tension point. And so when we talk about squares and oppositions, and we often mention these as challenging aspects, we want to recognize that sometimes it's in the struggle that we find the most opportunity. On Thursday, this is the day that I mentioned would be the most productive day in January. I spoke to this at the beginning of the episode as like a fun little teaser. I kind of wanted to try I wanted to try it out. I, I listened to some other podcasts that sometimes do it. And I was like, that's kind of fun. I wonder what that would, I wonder what that would sound like if I were to try it. So we've already talked about Thursday. I wrote that interpretation and that segment out actually a few weeks ago so I could share it in the newsletter with everyone. So if you're not already signed up on my newsletter, go to my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com, get on my newsletter. And I, I published that a few weeks ago. And at the time that I published it and that I sent it out in my newsletter, there was nothing on my work calendar on Thursday, the 18th. I didn't have any meetings. I do have like designated focus time throughout the week. And so that was like when I'm like, you know, I had focus time on my calendar, but otherwise like I didn't have any meetings. I released the newsletter. I had a few people reach out and talk about, oh, this is so interesting because here is, you know, for example, there is someone who is, um, working heavily in compensation and they're talking about rolling out a big initiative at work. Very earth oriented, isn't it? There was another person who expressed that they're going to be changing some of their working dynamics and actually taking a step out of the workplace to spend more time at home with like family. And so that's, again, like we're talking about a good day for labor and a good day for work. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be hands tied to your desk. It's just a good day to be thinking about these things. And since I sent out that newsletter, my calendar actually has filled up. And one meeting in particular, I'll be meeting with my leader to review my career and development goals. And I'm super excited about it. It's an awesome day to have that type of a conversation. And I'm really looking forward to it because on the new moon in Capricorn, I made it a point to sit down and write out some of my greatest accomplishments and achievements in the last year as kind of a wrap up. And so now this is looking forward. Now, what do I want to be doing in my career, you know, in a more aspirational aspect? So if you're following along with me and you've been mirroring some of my own personal, like working professional development with the moon and with some of the lunar phases and, you know, the new and full moons, then this is what the corporate coven is all about. You can book readings with me. I'm going to have a course launching earlier, like later in the year. Um, and so I'm really excited about teaching you the ways that you can incorporate astrology and the natural rhythms and cycles that we move through into your daily life as well that will help elevate your professional aspirations and give you the confidence and the tools and resources to go forward and achieve them. All right. So let's go forward into Friday. What does Friday look like? Friday has Venus square Neptune. 
There's also a Mercury trine Jupiter with that stabilizing Saturn sextile. And then we also see that the moon is conjunct Uranus. And so there's a few things going on right now. We also see the sun's at 29 degrees Capricorn. Pluto's at 29 degrees Capricorn. They're at different minutes. So like the sun's at 29 degrees one minute at 8 a.m. on Friday. Pluto's at 29 degrees 57 minutes Capricorn. But it's like, you know... 29 degrees. So we've got this sun on top of Pluto at the anoretic degree of Capricorn. This is a really intense day. And it's, I'm, I don't feel like it's maybe the best one for relationships. Like you had a really good relationship day earlier in the week with that North Node trine. The square to Venus is actually potentially going to make you question. It could be like questioning allegiances, like whose side am I on or what team am I on? Who am I working for? Um, what's, what's the goal here? What's the strategy? Like maybe we agreed to like be together, but now we're like, wait a minute, what are you doing? What am I doing? Like we didn't actually define a path forward. You might be having that type of an experience. It's something where maybe your values are being questioned and you're not sure how to move forward because it's, it's complicated. There might be a lot to balance. There's this natural duality that exists within the mutable signs, you know, in, Pisces, it's like the conscious and the subconscious. And in Sagittarius, you know, it's the uh, man versus the animal. It's the higher mind thinking versus the instinctual thinking. It's the hippocampus versus the amygdala. I was like, wait a minute, what am I thinking of? So there's a there's a tension here and it's going to potentially result in something that's very creative like a really creative solve to this is the answer but i don't know what that will look like it will depend on the situation for you but it will require you to maybe think outside of the box and maybe get a bit more broad and be open to a lot of different interpretations this is another thing that i think about with sagittarius and piscean energy is that there's this openness to interpretation or expression and some of where i'm getting this from is actually from an astrologer his name is jeff hinshaw and his handle on instagram is cosmic cousins i was listening to a ton of jeff's work and consuming a lot of like his podcast uh, back in 2018 and at that time what was so fun about engaging with his work is that he was doing like the queens of the zodiac series and he also did like an emoji of the zodiac series and during that time, it was really fun. He would pick a bracket of celebrities and stars who had a Pisces sun or a Sagittarius sun or a Virgo sun or something like that. And then we would go through and we would evaluate. And I say we because he would put this on his Instagram stories and share with like, you know, all of the followers. And he would talk about, you know, some of the research that he's done and common, you know, expressions of the artist in media or uses of the emoji online or anything like that. But one thing that we noticed is that with Pisces, there was this thing about names, Kesha, or is it Keisha? Or how do you pronounce it? Because there's the dollar sign in there, right? Um, Rihanna, Rihanna. Yeah, there, there was this theme with like Pisces being like, it's open to interpretation, kind of. And there's a common mispronunciation of it. 
with Sagittarius, these are the pop stars that somehow have like one name, but then they transcend cultural walls. You know, they're not just a hit in the U.S. They're a hit in every single country. I'm looking at you, Taylor Swift. Um, I don't know if she's a, or if she's a Sagittarius son, but I think there's like assumptions around Sag rising potentially with her, but there's this energy, right? Of like, being widespread, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, these like mega pop stars with the Sag energy. And so there's something to do with relationships needing to transcend language um, and accept like that there needs to be a universality to the application of that belief. The Mercury trying Jupiter is just a continued story, kind of like from Thursday. This is still like a pretty decent day to maybe administratively get work done. Again, it's in the earth sign. So this is better for those earth things. And I'm just going to simplify it by saying your health and your wealth. This is a good day to work on your body, uh, work on your income, you know, something along those lines. But the nuance here comes in with where in your chart are those houses. Like I would say universally, this is a health and wealth day for me. This is my fourth house and my 12th house, which are actually more like my water houses. These are kind of like spiritual and private and emotional zones for me. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes up, but you'll know because it will be a continuation of the story that's been building in these earth houses, you know, for the past week at least. And then the moon conjunct Uranus is just be like, you know, open to things being unexpected, going a little bit differently than you had initially planned on. Um, and it, it could be jarring. So just leave room for flexibility and adaptability. I, I'm like having a brain fart because the time I'm recording this episode, I'm recording it late, later than when I had scripted it. And part of that is because my daughter has been sick and I've just been like spending more time at home and then like, you know, work picked up and has been really busy. And so just like the way that I was planning to spend my time this week shifted. And on the 19th, we actually, we, I was planning on doing my daughter's birthday on Saturday the 13th, but since she's been sick, we had to reschedule and we rescheduled it for Friday. So now I'm looking at this Uranian moon and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I have to cancel and reschedule again, Oh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's um, not related to my daughter's birthday party and that the unexpected thing happens somewhere else in my life. Okay, so let's talk about Saturday because Saturday is the day of like the two major aspects this week that we talked about earlier in the episode. So today on Saturday, the 20th, we see the sun move into the sign of Aquarius. We begin Aquarius season the moon also moves into Gemini, forming this lovely little, you know, air trine there. But we also see Pluto move into the sign of Aquarius. And we'll have like an exact degree and minute conjunction in Capricorn, but we won't have that. So even when Pluto moves into Aquarius, they'll both be at like zero degrees, but the minutes will be off. And so this is, again, I thought it was just really interesting. I'm not like a major Pluto expert. It's taking me a million years to get through um, the cosmos and the psyche, which I think is where like a lot of, I bought that book with the intention of learning a lot more about Pluto, but what a rough read. Um, so I'm not going to like sit here and pretend to be like a Plutonian expert. I'm definitely not. But I did just think it was fascinating that there is this moment both in Capricorn and in Aquarius. 
between the sun and Pluto. And this is where, you know, the sun God and the God of the underworld, like come together and have this conversation. And when we think about transformation, when transformation is born through fire, then it made me think about the idea of like a phoenix rising of some kind, this idea of something being reborn. And it's like a final clarification of the Capricornian structure, the Capricorn mountain of like, this is the change that needs to happen. And I put an emphasis on my voice there because that's what Pluto feels like. Pluto comes in and is the authority, which is interesting because the sun is the monarch, is the ruler. So what power is greater than the king? Answer that for yourself. I don't know what you'll put there, but what is more powerful than the king? They come in and have this conversation at the very, very end of Capricorn, which is like a pinpoint. It's an emphasis. It's the exclamation part point. It's, you know, it's the period at the end of a sentence. It's the mic drop of like, this is the issue. This is what we are changing. This is what we are letting go of. And then they meet again in Aquarius of like, and this is what we're stepping into. It feels, I mean, you know, again, Pluto will, has been at this zero degree of Aquarius, um, hitting it now will retrograde, be back there again around October. But this midpoint one feels like a, a finality in some way. I'm thinking of like there's the prologue, the main story, and then like the epilogue. And this one feels like the main story and like the main event. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what that looks like going forward. But Saturday could be really intense. There could be a lot of things going on. Again, we read some of the news stories of what occurred the last time this happened. Some of these themes are resurfacing right now. And again, this happens on a collective level in a really broad way, but we are also all having our own experiences with Pluto moving into Aquarius somewhere. All of the other Aquarius risings out there, it's moving into our first house. And I know for me, I've been having a lot of thoughts around like, oh my God, I'm really aging. I've started using face serum almost every single day. Like there's just like things that I've realized I need to start doing to really care for my body because I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm 34 now. My grandfather was like, how does it feel to be middle-aged? And I was like, you're messing me up, dude. I can't answer that question right now. Don't ask me. Um, but this is like some of the, the thing that I'm personally moving through and it will be coming up again. The thing with having a Gemini moon, though, is that it does help lighten it. You know, Pluto brings this intensity. There's that intensity of the conjunction. But a Gemini moon really is a bit more lighthearted. It's a bit more playful. And I think that's just like a really nice way to kind of like bring in and at least like lighten it up just a bit because there is a lot of density. There is a lot of heaviness right now that happens when you have this buildup of earth and water in the chart in this dominating aspects. So there's a nice little bit of lightness as we bring in the air element. This also brings us into the waxing gibbous phase. And this is building up towards the full moon, which we'll have next week on Thursday, January 25th. So make sure to join me next week because we'll be talking about uh, Venus moving into Capricorn. We'll be talking about the Leo full moon, but I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about Uranus stationing direct 
And we have a few other fun aspects that we'll talk about next week, but I'm really, really stoked on urine and stationing direct. Um, again, really good signs for labor movements, really good news for things, um, all things like work related as Uranus and Taurus has been doing a lot to disrupt the labor scene. And so eager to see what that will bring us. So make sure to join me next week as we discuss that on the podcast. All right. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Corporate Coven, a podcast for witches at work. Keep the magic alive by joining our newsletter at www.thatwitchfromwork.com. There you can find extra resources and book a career astrology reading with me. If you love today's episode, you can support our work by subscribing, turning on notifications, and even making monthly donations. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, witches.